Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I built to predict various sports outcomes is named Sideline. This college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, December 27th, 2022. If you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, full recommendations on wager scaling and community rules. As always, remember, there are no locks in gambling, so what something provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades to indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. It's not in more detail on that webpage. I recommend playing the A grade plays at one unit. Plays given here at half unit or an additional half unit. Though the A plus play of the day gets an extra full unit because it's one that will count for both myself and my co-host. There are also picks given out on the website and Patreon and plays of the day in the Discord chat that I also recommend an extra half unit. The compilation of those recommended results can be found both on BetStamp and in the Google Sheet. I'll just link to the show description. That Google Sheet also contains a full set of projections and picks on every single game. And for early access to those picks and projections, hit up Patreon. That link's in the crawler below. It's also where you can access the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, last week was maybe the highest variance week I can remember. I, I think we had, and you were on for part of them. One of them was just myself. One was, I think Joe was on. But uh, like one day it was like eight and two, and the next day it was like two and eight. And then one day it was like <laughs> three and six. The next day it was like four and one. It's just, it just was all over the map. And, um, we talk, we talk about good and bad variants, and you see it sometimes in the game, you see it sometimes in a day, you see it sometimes in a week. Last week, I feel like, uh, was just and, – and it was nice to bounce back, but it's like that's not really predictive. Sometimes you can have two good days in a row, two bad days in a row, that sort of thing. But it was at least nice that every bad day at least was followed up with a good day on the next one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I mean, we really felt the the pain of the three ball on that. Like there were some games that it just – if it wasn't for the three ball, we wouldn't have covered it. There was in the same way the three ball killed us on the other end. It was just wild how ping pongy that was. Yeah, and that's the one loss that we suffered on Christmas Day was like that with Washington State, um, just getting destroyed on the three ball. Otherwise, if if you plug in the season averages, if they shoot the same percent, whatever, Washington State wins that by almost double digits, and the three ball happened. And I've talked about that before on show. So if, if you're new, just something to think about. If not, uh, they say it takes seven times for something to sink in, right? But that's just how college basketball goes. It's like. About half-ish, I don't have it the exact day, I don't really exact, but it feels like about half the games are decided by one team shoots the three ball really well and the other one doesn't. It, to an extent, you can't really predict. Like that Utah State-Washington State game, if you if you came up and said, oh, I predict that Utah State's going to win because they're going to shoot 60% from three and Washington State's going to shoot like 15% or whatever the numbers were, I would be like, that's a really bad projection system because while that could happen, that's not – what you expect to happen, right? And yeah. about half the game, something like that happens, and you just chalk it up, and it's like sometimes you're on the right side, sometimes you're on the wrong side. You just move on. It's the other half. I feel like that. That's where you got to really make your hay. When like when that doesn't swing it one way or the other, you got to really then win those games where that's at least not a factor. Because when the three balls a factor in college basketball, it it just whatever happens happens, and it's just you're you're there for the ride, and you hope you're on the right side. But if not, it just is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah, especially the Utah State team. They went from hitting everything in one game, but the game before that, they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And so just like the variance in that one team is enough to make drive me crazy if you're trying to base everything off what the three ball is going to do. 
Yeah, yeah, they've they've definitely been of late a real hot and cold team. And like I said, so much of it's about the three ball. Um, it, it's always more fun when that doesn't happen because at least you, you feel like the handicap, the angles, everything that you look into, all the research you do matters, right? I mean, like that, it doesn't really matter. They get hot. It is what it is. They they can't shoot. It is what it is. And that's how Utah State's games have been. It's like they've they've done really well or really bad lightly just based off of that. And it's almost like like I said, like nothing else even matters. And uh, uh, it, it's it's at least much more fun when they shoot closer to their season average. They're a good three point shooting team. And I think that's what makes it all the more surprising in the game before that when they lost to SMU when they didn't hit at all because they're they're a pretty good shooting team. And when they have that cold night like that, it's again, there's just nothing you could do. And uh, they they lost to SMU, who, of course, lost on their own heartbreaking three. That Hawaii game with SMU was a, a, kind of a boring game. I, got, I nailed the under. was never really in doubt other than maybe overtime. But the it, as boring as that game was, the last minute made up for it. That last minute was a lot of fun. That was that was nuts, and then the the free throw, the and one, and oh, they're going back and adding the time left. I was like, golly, I hope this three free throw is not important to somebody. Yeah, I said at the time, I I was like, I I pretty sure I saw the ref's arm up. I think that was a foul, and I was like, it doesn't really matter though. Like, there's no time left, and I was like, unless maybe like somebody teased Hawaii to like minus one, and that free throw matters or something. But I was like, there's not many people where that free throw matters. Thankfully, it wasn't like at the spread or something where it really would have mattered for for almost lucky, but I was, yeah, I was, there was like, I, I hope that doesn't matter to anybody out there because that was a wild situation. And then all of a sudden adding time and the time, that was just a weird ending, which I guess, I don't know. I wasn't doing anything else at that time of the night. So watching that was the more, inter- most entertaining thing that could happen. The NFL game that was happening at the same time was boring as could be. So it wasn't like there was anything else to distract me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was crazy. I'm still amazed that the coach got the timeout off in 0.3 seconds. Like I, I want, I want to see the replay on that, but. Yeah, I I do think it was a great job by that guy. If, if you were struggling to to miss that, you want to miss that because you wanted to force that timeout. Had he made it, then you know the clock doesn't start. They can launch it down the court, do the catch call timeout, and inbound a lot closer. And then you have a whole different setup. So uh, I don't know if he was trying to miss it or not, but it, it worked out for him. Uh, congrats to Wyatt. It was a lot of fun. It's always fun to see the home team win like that. The crowd was going wild. Um, so it was a lot of fun. We got five games here for your Tuesday. Uh, before we get to those, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned that Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits you found over there above and beyond what we do here. Lots of extra picks, lots of extra discussion, lots of early access to things, ad-free shows if that's something that interests you. Lots of goodies over there. Membership starts at just $3 per month, www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. Current as the time of this recording, it is around noon on Monday. Getting this one out to you early with only five games and no games on Monday. So the sports books thankfully have lines out nice and early for us. Three A grade plays of the five. We had five games on Christmas Day, and two of them got to A grades. We got three of them here for you. The A plus play of the day, the best of all the A grades uh, that we could find for you here. 7 p.m. Central. It's a large number, but South Carolina State at Texas Tech. Minus 28. Sideline says it should be 29.3. And it's just has underestimated a little bit how good Texas Tech has been. Both of these teams have been had kind of mixed results with regards to the spread. Um, but you know, South Carolina State plays fast and plays no defense. And that's the exact recipe you want. You don't really want to lay a number like this very often, but if you're laying a number like this, that's kind of the exact recipe I think you want team that's going to go recklessly fast and a team that can't play defense, that's going to allow them to give up a lot of points. That's what we're going to need here for Tech to get out, hopefully by about 40 points midway through the second half, and then we can just kind of coast and say we don't really care what happens. Jake, I'm hoping 
that you can come up with some evidence. I'm really hoping. I, I have no idea what you're about to say. I'm hoping it's something like South Carolina State has played this team, this team, and this team, and they've lost by 40 in all of them. Or Tech has played these bad teams and won by 40. I'm hoping it's something like that. That would make me feel a little bit better about laying 28 with Tech. So I'll let, I'll let you uh, tell us why you like Texas Tech minus 28 so much. Like the fact that South Carolina State has two wins on the year is just mind blowing. They're they're that kind of bad. Um, they've got the shortest length of possession on defense out of anyone because they just don't guard anybody. Um, teams have scored a hundred plus against them this year four uh, three times, and they've held teams under eighty three times. So there's just not a lot of defense happening here. Um, and one of those teams was Longwood. You know the offensive firepower juggernaut of Longwood. <laughs> You got 106 on them. Uh, I mean, wow. Texas Tech in their in their last two games has been 100 plus. They're not going to have a problem here. Uh, th- this is the best defense this South Carolina State team will will see all year probably. Uh, it's just, and I mean, honestly, probably one of the better offenses they have. Like they, I know they lost to Kentucky pretty big. Kentucky can argue offensively with Texas Tech, but it's it's not. I mean, you're splitting hairs there. Um, they. They haven't played a game in almost a week, and TCU next for Texas Tech is a little worrisome, but I think this game looks a lot like that Houston Christian game where they just dog walk this team the whole time, and it's not not even close. Like 40, like 30, 40 points shouldn't be hard to do for this team. Yeah, South Carolina State allowing 104 to Longwood is just quite a feat, I guess. Um, but kind of like you said, they don't play good defense and tech tech actually playing at about an average pace so far this year. That's a little bit surprising. We're used to them playing a little bit slower, relying on that defense, still a very good defense, but a pretty good offense. And if they're not going to just hold the ball, there will be a lot of possessions in this game because um, South Carolina State's lack of guarding is going to allow tech to have good looks early in the shot clock and their offense is good enough. They should take them. They're not going to just pull back and hold, you know, you know, North Texas, you know, Charlotte, Virginia, they might pull back and, and hold out and just say, I know you're giving us a good look, but we're going to kill another 10 seconds off the shot clock. But Tech hasn't really done that this year. You know, they've actually like you said, put up 100 points a few times. And if they're putting up 100 here, I don't see South Carolina State getting to 70. Um, no. With all the extra possessions, it shouldn't matter. Their offense isn't that good. And Tech's defense is good enough to shut them down. So we're going to yeah, lie there 28 there with Texas Tech. Yeah, I think there's going to be several runs there where – uh, they barely gets across half court, throws it away, and we're seeing a Showtime dunk on the other end uh, for Texas Tech. I mean, that would be a lot of fun. Who, who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> Which will take us to the best of the rest of the A+. Plus. We've got one here that I'm going to give for you. The biggest edge on the board, according to the model, Northwestern State, plus 17 at Texas A&M. The model thinks this should be a little bit under 15. Northwestern State, y'all probably heard me talk about them a few times. A team we've been on all season long. We backed them in every single game. They've played all 11 at the Division One level. They played one Division Two game, and they've gone nine and two for us against the spread. So it's been a it's been a great um, a run for us backing them, and I don't really see why that should change. Uh, A&M's had very mixed results. They've been kind of up and down, up and down. Uh, A&M feels like, a little bit like a team that every time you kind of think you figured them out, they kind of zig and zag against you. I'm not really worried about A&M. What I'm really worried about is Northwestern State, and I still don't think the number has caught up to them. Um, they're a pretty solid team. I think they can hang around, be pesky, um, you know, lose this game by something like 12, and that should get us uh, the cover. You have um, – a, a situation where if AM was going to be able to um, uh, run away from a team, they had a great chance, for instance, last week and couldn't do it. And the source Western State is the same sort of thing. They can just hang around. They've been good to us all season. So we're going to grab 17 points with them as the best of the rest of the A plays. 
Yeah, yeah. This Texas A&M team is just not playing well right now, losing three of their last four, including a loss at home to Wofford in their last time out. They're just not getting enough offense out of guys not named Wade Taylor. Coleman, who was supposed to be pretty good this year and kind of really help him out, can't figure out how to be a double-digit scorer. They're not shooting the three ball very well. Defensively, they're playing okay, and but they're not doing a great job of rebounding or guarding the three-point arc, but forcing a bunch of turnovers. So it kind of levels out. But this Northwestern State team is not a very defensive-minded team, but they do do a pretty good job on offense. Um, they do a great job of hitting off the offensive boards and not turning it over. And they actually, on the defensive end, they're not the greatest thing in the world, but they rank three only three spots behind uh, Texas A&M in opponent turnover percentage. So it's going to be relatively even in the turnover thing. So I don't think A&M is going to get a lot of extra chances there. I think Northwestern State might actually end up with more chances with the way they rebound the ball. They've got a very, very good guard who is somebody to keep your eye on, and Marcus Sharp, averaging 16 a game, almost four uh, four assists a game, but he's hitting 55.6% for the threes, and he shoots a bunch. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. I think Texas A&M is going to have a hard time because they've got him and two other guards that are pretty good. Uh, I, just, I think Texas A&M has bit off a little more than they can chew here. Not that I think that Northwestern State wins, but I, I think this is be more like that 10 to 12 maybe even closer kind of game. It could, kind of like the uh, Creighton-DePaul game that we just witnessed yeah. on Christmas, right? Home team's better team, but winning by a lot of points like that is not the easiest to do. There's a lot of ways it can go wrong. And even that game, Creighton hit a ton of threes, and DePaul hit almost none, and they still couldn't cover it, right? So it's just one of those yeah. where it's like uh, a lot of things have to go right to cover such a big number when you're playing a competent team. When you're playing a bad team, that's not the case, right? But when you're playing a competent team, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Northwestern State competent this year, um, they have the offense hanging. Absolutely, Texas A&M is going to have the edge on offense where they have the ball. And they should score um, pretty well against that Northwestern State defense. But Northwestern State has the offense to at least hang around and not get the doors blown off of them. Uh, and this one is what we expect to happen. Um, and again, just one last thought on this real quick. Uh, the models underestimated how good Northwestern State's been and overestimated Texas A&M. So uh, again, as always say, it's built to move slowly. So uh, it might not even have caught. The model might still be playing catch up, which means maybe this number should be more like 14 uh, than 14 and a half. Uh, but 17 is a lot of points. Uh, the total on this one was about 149 uh, opened up in that 150 area. If you had early access to projections, you saw that sideline makes this total 145 and you got yourself a nice little under there. But it's already come down pretty handily in about that 146, 147 range. I already told the people over on the Discord to go ahead and grab that before it drops too low. Shop around and grab that number before it comes out at your shop. Don't know where it'll be by the time you watch this, but if it does bounce back up, um, I do expect a lot of points, but in 150 range is just way too high. Um, I think the move is a correct move, and I think it should stay more in the mid 140s. So again, some benefits having the early access, the projection, seeing uh, where the numbers should be, and you were able to get get yourself a good under, hopefully before uh, all the value was sucked out of it. Which takes us to the Jake on a limb segment, it's a game that the model does not have an A grade play on. It has a B grade play on this, but Jake, uh, it's an A grade in your book. At 6 p.m. Central, Jacksonville plus eight at Notre Dame. Uh, Sometimes says this should be a little bit under seven. Models back Notre Dame six times this year. 
0-6 backing him. Faded him six times, 4-2 fading him. That adds up to a 10-2 against the spread record uh, for Notre Dame. Jacksonville has pushed a couple of games, played a couple of Division II games, so not really a ton of ATS uh, results really to speak of. Um, but when you look at this, Jacksonville is kind of an average team, and Notre Dame only a little bit above average. That makes eight kind of a stretch here, a big number to lay. Grabbing eight's always nice because that's, again, as we always talk about, seven is around the key number where teams stop fouling, so getting eight. They stop fouling at seven. We get the win. Stop fouling at eight. We still get the push. Jake, why is this a good play in your book? Yeah, like Notre Dame's pace and defense is really going to make this game tough on them. They're also playing some of their worst basketball right now, losing three straight, four of their last five. I mean, this team is so offensive-minded and so dependent on a jump shot and so thin that they're just going to have a hard time beating average teams. Like, And you're seeing that as they got into the conference play and they've won 0-3 in conference. Uh, like both, both these teams play slow. Uh, Notre Dame's lack of ability to force turnovers will come back to haunt them big time in this game because there's not going to be any extra possessions because they rank dead last in D1 at only 12.4% of their opponent. Uh, turnovers or opponents' possessions in turnovers. Uh, so that's just not going to help them out. They rebound the ball pretty well, but like that, I think that has a lot to do with the long jump shots coming back at them. Uh, both teams very good from the free throw line, so free throws are going to be a little bit of a thing. But I, I think we're like getting eight is a great number because that way we kind of avoid some of that late game fouling where it gets uh, kind of pushes it over anything. Uh, I personally am going to sprinkle a little bit on the Jacksonville money line because I think mm. Notre Dame is going to be in a little bit of a tough spot. This Jacksonville team is pretty good. It's uh, pretty good for a mid-major team. Somebody to keep an eye on, but I, I really like the plus eight. Yeah, I believe they're in the like Atlantic Sun, a conference that um, I think they're the one with Bellarmine in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, other than Bellarmine, who just kind of came up out of nowhere here from their Division Two jump up. I mean, the conference has not really had a lot of depth, a lot of great teams, but you know, like I said, just overall across the 360, whatever teams, about an average team in Jacksonville, Notre Dame's defense is surprisingly bad. And um, like you said, their short line on that jump shot, if, if that's not falling for them, they could absolutely lose this game, especially if it's a kind of lazy, you know, holiday, no students in the crowd. Uh, type game like we've seen a lot of these teams lose by games at home just talked about AM who, who lost one last week um wouldn't shock me if they lost um yeah. again if you're, if you're racing out your you know your wager on that maybe you know 25 percent 10 to 10 percent 25 percent something like that of your wager on the money line might not be a bad thing to pair with it just in case Jacksonville could pull it off but either way grabbing eight makes a lot of sense in this situation the model wants a little bit more a, a little bit bigger of a number on it before it gets to an a grade um you know can it land, you know, it can land eight, nine, somewhere like that. So it's just looking for a little bit more, but I think grabbing eight makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense with the way Notre Dame can shoot the ball. And if that starts going, they can really make teams really pay for it. But I just, I don't think they're quite going to get it right, especially with the pace here. All right. And that takes, being a pace, it takes us to the total of the game. 7 p.m. Central Texas A&M Commerce at Texas. Total in this one is shot up to 140. Sometimes it should be about 137 and a half. We're going to go under that 140. Uh, the main thing here is that it, Texas has had a handful of games where they have just shot the lights out of the out of the building basically and i think this total is getting a little bit inflated because i don't really think that's the performances that they can count on happening in the future uh, they should score a lot of points in commerce is terrible um but i just i'm gonna count on them not scoring 100 again it's obviously possible but that's not a situation that you see often in college basketball and so as long as texas doesn't just shoot 
you know, 60% or something crazy like that, which again, it's happened a few times, but um, in general, that's not what we expect to happen. Assuming that doesn't happen, I'm not sure commerce, how many points they can score. It's not going to be many. This Texas defense is pretty nasty and uh, the Texas and commerce offense is very bad. So I mean, Texas should run away with this one. There's a reason the spread is 28. The model leans Texas 28, but uh, it says that it should be Texas minus 29, but it's just too big of a number for the model to really get behind. Uh, it's one of those where if it drops, you know, 27, 20, six something like that that's where it gets more exciting to back texas and i and i we've talked about this before so maybe you've heard this if so just hit the fast forward like 15 seconds button but if you have it it seems like it shouldn't matter up there with how many points there are but because we don't expect texas to win by 60 because that just seems very unlikely and we don't expect texas to only win by five all of that probability has to go somewhere and so it does clump up in these 20s and 30s numbers maybe not quite as much as it clumps up at the low numbers but it still bulks up there so every point is worth about another three percent or so and so you know, it does feel a little bit like, oh, 28, 29, 27, what's it matter? It kind of matters. And we've seen it so many times with some of these big spreads where these weird backdoor covers, teams stop playing. Once it gets up here, you just never know how it's going to happen. So every point of value, whether it's getting the best of the number or shopping around, I always recommend shopping around, can really matter. So Texas minus 27, the model's a little bit more behind that. It's an A-grade play for sure if it falls to Texas minus 26 or if that's something you can get. Again, assuming it's at minus 110. But at minus 28, the model says pass. I think under, though, makes a lot of sense. I just don't think Commerce scores very many points whatsoever in this game. Jake, what are, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, like Commerce bad. They just dropped a game to IUPUI on a neutral floor, and they, they scored 52 total points. I mean, Texas has got a very good defense. Uh, I don't see them scoring hardly at all, so I think the under is a smart play. 28 is getting in that nervous range. Like, I'm with them all. I think I'm passing on this, like, just because – there's too many ways it gets backdoored or something like that. And I'm just not where I'm going to put my money on a, such a very, very short slate. I'm going to probably, that's where my money on Jacksonville money lines going to go. So trying to take Texas here. Uh, but I think the under is a smart play because I really don't see commerce scoring much. I mean, Lord, they, they could, they can break 70 against Purdue Fort Wayne or like, I mean, it's just, it's bad. And I think Texas is probably going to get, get so far ahead that they're going to quit playing, put the walk-ons in. So I don't, I don't see this real game going over too much. Yeah, it feels like an 85 to 50 type game where Texas just gets bored at the end, puts the walk-ons in. And, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see how Commerce scores that many points in this one. Um, you know, I, and I th of course, what that score sideline says 83 to 54. So again, somewhere in that ballpark, I think it's kind of what we're expecting. And you may say, why is this only a C grade and why we're a little bit more hesitant with Texas laying the exact same number that Texas Tech is laying, given that the model projects something similar? And I think really the answer to that has to do with the pace of play that the two opponents play at with regards to commerce and South Carolina State. South Carolina State averages about five more possessions per game for each team than commerce does. And those extra five possessions give us a lot a lot of extra wiggle room with tech. We think that it's going to be much easier for them to get out there to a bigger number because there's more possessions. Whereas Texas A&M Commerce, Texas with fewer possessions, it, it's not impossible. It's just a little bit harder to get outside of that bigger number. You need a lot more things to go right with this giant number like this. And with extra possessions, we just got a little bit more wiggle room with tech than we do with Texas. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Texas starts conference play the game after this, so I don't know how much they're really going to want to punish this Commerce team in their first go at D1 
this year. All right, that takes us to the must-see TV game of the day, the last game on the slate. All five of them here we're covering. Uh, 7 p.m. Central, Seton Hall at Marquette. Marquette is laying seven. The model gives us an A grade at seven. Does not give it an A grade beyond seven and a half. Again, we always talk about seven is kind of that pivot spot um, with, with fouling. And so the model doesn't like it as an A grade at seven and a half, but at seven, it's good with an A grade. Um, models underestimated Marquette, been pretty spun on with Seton Hall. So it projects 7.7, but maybe it should actually be eight, eight and a half. Enough to back Marquette in this spot again at this number at home in a conference game. Uh, Jake, this one's your pick here. Why are you backing Marquette minus seven? Look, I, I love Marquette, especially at home, the way they play, the, how Shaka gets that defense going. They're very good offensively, very fast, uh, incredible in getting inside the arc. Uh, Tyler Kolick, I think is how you say his last name, is just amazing at distributing the ball. I think he's up around eight, nine assists a game. Uh, they've got just weapons all over the place. Their bodies, they're deep. Seton Hall can't quite figure out offense yet. Um, they're a very good defensive team, just like – almost right around the average point for offense. And I don't, like a lot of that is they just don't take good shots yet. Like they're just, their offense isn't quite working out for them. They're, they rank very low for effective field goal percentage, especially for a power five team. They turn the ball over a little bit too much. I mean, a lot of that I think is getting in a new offense, getting new players in, trying to figure all that out with Holloway. They'll get there. I just don't think this is the game they get it. I think this game hovers around that 10-point line just with the turnovers that Marquette will force and being at home, they'll shoot a little better. So that's that's really Marquette at home. I'm pretty much going to take them no, no matter what it says. Yeah, and again, we always talk about, right, you're playing teams and numbers, right? The number really matters here. Um, not that Marquette can't win by 10, but it becomes just extra value laying seven, having that push protection on seven. Um, obviously, they could win by, you know, four, five, six, something like that. You could get back to on this, but just having that push protection on seven, just a little bit extra value. And it, it's one of those things where I, I always I always like to think of it as it's, it's a little bit, you know, less about the what happens in this one game and more about the totality of games. We're talking about about 5,000 games in college basketball. And obviously you're probably not betting all 5,000 of them. That would be a little bit much, right? But, you know, over the course of the season, especially with all those big Saturdays, all those games, you're betting on probably betting on a lot of games in college basketball. And the difference between a winning and a losing season is only a couple of games out of every hundred. And so it's one of those where may not matter here, but making sure we get seven. So shop around. There's some seven and a halfs out there too. Make sure you shop around and get the seven. Hopefully it's still out by the time you're watching this. Um, you know, it, it's six and a half, six, even better, right? Every little bit matters because it's one of those one, one, two, three games out of every hundred. If that can swing, that can be the difference between either a losing season and a winning season, a break-even season and a profitable season. It could just get you that little extra bit. So uh, I, I think the seven here just is really important knowing that that is a very possible landing spot for this game. And again, the market should win. And then we just don't know exactly with the back door. We don't know if they're going to be up 10. And a guy, Seton Hall is going to jack up a three with three seconds left. We've seen this sort of stuff happen a lot. It seems like the last couple of weeks, right? So having that push protection, it might not matter. It might matter. They'll be up nine and the guy will jack up a three is is the way our luck is going. That's the way it's seen. And I always say, like, we'll have good bear variants, we'll have bad variants, it'll balance out in the long run. It's 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 gotten a little bit more bad than good, it feels like of late, but yeah. you know, it'll balance out for us. But uh yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be the other way. Maybe it'll be, you know, six points and then everyone will be walking off and the Marquette guy will go up for a layup and they can eight. Maybe we'll get lucky with that, right? Yeah. But yeah, every little cool. bit matters here. Um and again, like I said, we think Marquette should win at home. You just don't know exactly where it's gonna land as of late. So shopping around just really important there. Uh Jake, that's all we've got for the viewer today. Do you have any 
any parting words? No, I just can't wait for we get these games rolling again more more than five games at a time. I like having a full day, especially while all you're off work here in the holidays and all that. Like, let's get a full day. Let's get some afternoon basketball going again. And I think we talked about this specifically last week, right? And, and I think you saw it exactly with the picks that we had on show here. But on the 23rd and the 25th, there were not very many games. And the 23rd went terrible, had some bad luck. 25th went 4-1. and one. And that same sort of thing. It's like when you have just fewer games, it feels like every game matters a lot more than it really should, right? You shouldn't – my recommendation, my two cents, look, take what you like and, and leave the rest, right? But my two cents is, you know, you shouldn't just put more on a game because there's fewer games out there, right? So it shouldn't really matter. Well, but it feels that way. It feels like when you got five games that, like, one win means a whole lot more than it should. It's much more fun when there's 40 games you can pick out 10 to 20 of them that you like you know put them in and and then at that point you know kind of like seeing one game it's like okay okay we'll get some good luck in a different game right five games it's like there's not another game to get good luck in right like if you had SMU money line last night that was it you're like well that's it there's five games I had my bad luck and then there's there's no way to like bounce back because there's only five games you know that hurt if you're on the money line I'm sorry that hurt yep. Yeah, thoughts and, thoughts and prayers if you had the SMU money line. Uh, br- brutal, brutal loss yeah. there in that one. All right, well, thanks to y'all for tuning into this episode of Picks the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can show all the sorts of content we provide on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. Got college football bowl betting content. Been on a roll over there. So make sure you check that out if you haven't yet. But until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.